What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast. I am Tony Catalina alongside my buddy, my good friend here, Aiden Davis. This is a post-Super Bowl hangover. You know, we're not going to talk about it because the Cowboys aren't in it and one of our biggest rivals are in it. So we're going to act like that didn't happen. Aiden, how are you feeling today, man? I'd be feeling a lot better if the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl and I could be prepping for a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl week. But, I mean, I guess I get to watch them in the Pro Bowl, which is not even close to as exciting. Yeah, so you know what? For us, it's uh, <laughs> the Super Bowl week is upon us. It's uh, it's frustrating that we're not here. But instead, we get to talk about Brian Schottenheimer, and we get to talk about <laughs> Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine game. So we're the lucky ones after all. So let's kind of dive right into that, Aiden. Aiden, how do you feel about Brian Schottenheimer, the in you know, in the building, hire at offensive coordinator now, and um, now he's the OC. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, we didn't get to address on last week's pod because the news got announced five minutes after we wrapped. But I, I don't, I did not like the Kellen Moore firing. In my opinion, I think that the Cowboys were just looking for a scapegoat. It was another disappointing season, another season where they didn't reach the NFC Championship. The drought continues, and so they were looking around saying oh, no, well, we need to do something. We need to make some type of change. And they fired Kellen Moore because, I mean, what's your other option? Firing Mike McCarthy or firing Dan Quinn, neither of which we expected. So you fire Kellen Moore, he immediately gets hired by the Chargers. And so, I mean, in terms of Brian Schottenheimer specifically, I mean, he's, I'm expecting... So Mike McCarthy's calling plays. So this isn't really a big deal. I don't It didn't matter who we hired as OC. So I didn't really care. But the way that I see this offense going is with Kel Moore, we got really big spike weeks. We got 40 burgers. We got like 50 point games on occasion. It was just, he knew how to put up points, but there were also weeks where it was inconsistent. He obviously the most recent playoff game being one example. So I think what we're going to see is, we're going to see a more consistent like 20 25 30 point like it's just going to be consistently average consistently mediocre when you're not going to get those spike weeks i don't know if that's bad or good i lean on the side of bad but i mean it is what it is so let me ask you this then because i uh, before i give my thought is do you think now brian schottenheimer we know that this is a you know a net neutral kind of addition, right? This is Mike McCarthy's offense. Kellen Moore is no longer here, so Mike can run the show. So Brian Schottenheimer, to me, doesn't move the needle. I I don't think, you know, I'm not going to speak for the Cowboys Nation, but for me, I don't think anybody should be like, oh my God, this move is X, Y, and Z. It makes me feel a certain type of way about it. I wouldn't want you to feel like that, but you're thinking that this move 
is going to make us now in the court. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but average. You think at this point they're going to be more average? Is that A, because of Brian Schottenheimer or B, because of Mike McCarthy? No, I, th- I think that's just a result of firing Kellen Moore. I think Kellen Moore is one of the better offensive coordinators in the league. And when you get rid of one of the better offensive coordinators in the league, you're going to regress. Like I said, I maybe it's it's I think the offense is still going to look OK. I just think it's going to look be like you're not going to get those big weeks where you're like, man, the offense looks special this week. I just think it's going to be like, a OK, the offense is doing enough at times. It fell just short at times and we'll see how it goes. So I guess I'll ask another piggyback off of that. Another question with that. We've saw Kellen Moore and, you know, I've been in the Kellen Moore camp myself defending, you know, you know, that move. I didn't think it was a great move here, but, you know, and this all ties into Brian Schottenheimer. We're not going to, you know, hammer the Kellen Moore drum too much, too long, but more so specifically Mike McCarthy. Do you think there is a way where if the Cowboys are a top 10 offense with Mike McCarthy, it could be better than what we saw from Kellen Moore, which was consistently that four to five to six top offense and because of consistency overall. Because like you said, there were times where you're putting 40 points, 50 points on teams that may inflate the offense as a whole. But like would you say, would you rather just keep hitting doubles instead of sprinkling home runs and some strikeouts in there, so to speak? That's going to be the question, and that's what the Cowboys are gambling on. That's the only reason. That's the only way that it gets better is that consistency is good enough to just okay. The Cowboys, yeah, they're just putting up twenty to thirty, twenty-five to thirty points every week. Their defense is good enough, and they're winning games. So I mean, that's it's a gamble, and I don't like like I said, Brian Schottenheimer. It doesn't move the needle for me. It's not like I'm more pessimistic, less pessimistic. It's just a hiring for hiring a guy that's not going to call plays. So uh, yes, yeah. it's going to be what we're talking, going to talk about all off season, whether this is yeah, going to work for sure. And I think like you said, um, you know, Brian, Sch- Brian Schottenheimer, we, that is the move. He's now the offensive coordinator. You know, Brian brought us on one Oh five, three, the fan had talked about that. Um, you know, he may be the guy that schemes and runs the practices and he's in on the meetings. He's running those meetings. But when it comes to Sunday and it comes to game day, that's going to be Mike McCarthy calling those plays. And uh, we had talked about it earlier in pre um, Brian Schottenheimer had his differences with Seattle because they didn't run the ball enough as far as Pete Carroll is concerned. So do you think the philosophical change between Brian Schottenheimer and like is going to be felt? Is there going to be any difference? I mean, we already just touched on the fact this is going to be Mike McCarthy's offense. And what people need to know, or at least need to remember is Mike McCarthy comes from that West coast offense where he's going to throw the ball a little bit. And we don't even know who's going to be in the backfield right now, whether it's Zeke or Pollard or either or none. So I'm, I'm curious to see where do you think the biggest changes will be felt moving forward? I do think, you're going to see improvement in the running game. I mean, that's one thing I'll say is Brian Schottenheimer. He loves, he's, he's a run first guy. And I don't think, I don't think his philosophy is going to wake it, make his way to McCarthy. I don't expect if McCarthy wants to air it out, he's going to air it out. It doesn't matter what Brian Schottenheimer wants, but I think you're going to see some creativity in the rushing game, which creativity in the rushing game is one thing that, especially over the back half of last season, the Cowboys did not have. So I mean, yeah, I I think you might see an impact in the running game. I don't know who's going to be toting the ball, and that's going to that's obviously going to play a big factor in this. But so, I mean, yeah, I'd say that's where his impact is going to be most felt. What do you think? I I agree, and for me, I 
if you're talking about Mike McCarthy as a person and, and you know how we are, we've been in situations in our own life where like, you're like, all right, back against the wall. I want the ball in my hand. And I feel like that's what Mike McCarthy's doing. I think he understands that there was differences between him and Kellen Moore. And if, if Mike McCarthy and this team is going to be judged by this offensive input or lack of, you know, being able to get over the hump, he wants to be able to take control of that reign. And I have no problem with that, right? I think the Cowboys are going to learn a lot this year, whether it be good or bad. If Mike McCarthy goes out there and the offense is humming and it's a little more consistent, like not statistically, like you said, and that's why I asked the question of Kellen Moore had top five offenses that seemed to disappear at times. If, if this guy, Mike McCarthy is able to get us in the seven to 10 range, but it's a more consistent, like every week we're able to not just fall off a cliff. I think they would be valuing that. I think that the Cowboys would appreciate that. So I do understand that Mike McCarthy is putting all his chips in the middle of the table. He's betting on himself. And ultimately we're in another situation where, you know, we're 24 and 10 in the last two years. And we got a coach. We don't know if he's going to be here next year. So I think that's a uniquely Cowboys thing, but that's what we cover. <laughs> and that's what we talk about. So um, Schottenheimer in an offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore is out. I do expect him to do big things in, in Los Angeles. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what this Cowboys offense looks like moving forward, though. And just on a fan level, are you going to be cheering for the Chargers offense to do well, or do you kind of want the Cowboys to be right in the decision they made? I got to be I got to be partial and say that I want to be even keeled. I don't like I'm okay. going to say I okay. don't care. Yeah. But like if if Kellen Moore goes out there and have a top five offense and we'd be like, <laughs> I, I was OK, we were right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was right. Yeah. So a part of me wants that a part of me, you know would be cool or funny to see it be like not good and be like, Oh, maybe it was Dak Prescott or the talent around. But I don't think we agree with that because I would take, let me ask you this question real quick, pivot one quick little second. Would you take the chargers wide receivers or the Cowboys wide receivers? Chargers wide receivers in a heartbeat. (laughs) <laughs> right, in a second, not even a second. So it's like how, if you like Justin Herbert, if you think Justin Herbert's is one of these young up-and-coming quarterbacks with a better wide receiver unit and a running back in Austin Eckler that can really help Kellen Moore, like, how can it fail? I just don't see how it yeah. can fail, you know? So that's that's yeah. kind of what it is. Kellen Moore is in a good situation. All the best to him, and we got to worry about what's on our plate here and what we got to deal with. And so um, – it's in between Super Bowl week. This is where we got the Pro Bowl and we got, you know, some Senior Bowl and East West Shrine game, NFL Collegiate Bowl stuff going on. So, Aiden, did you get a chance? And now I'm going to put you on the spot here because we do have some draft guys on this network that really cover it. I actually, myself, Seamus Plug, just released my first mock draft on Sunday as we record this. So go ahead and take a look at that if you hadn't already. But have you had a chance to look at any of the Senior Bowl or any type of these bowls at all this week? Yeah, I have. I, we can start off with the Shrine Bowl. I think that the the most interesting aspect of the Shrine Bowl to me was the fact that defense really showed out in this one. I think that we saw a lot of young defensive prospects look solid in this one. And specifically at positions that the Cowboys are, I think, going to be looking at in the draft and hopefully looking at in the draft, specifically at corner and linebacker. So at corner, we saw Nick Jones, who's out of Ball State, He really impressed in the Shrine game, and I think that he could be a guy that you don't want to invest first-round capital into the cornerback position. You can go with a guy like Nick Jones, and he looked solid to me. Another name that is worth bringing up is Drake Thomas, linebacker out of NC State. Another guy, another position that the Cowboys need. Like we said, we need a linebacker that's LVE. I love LVE. I hope we re-sign him, and I hope 
he continues to play for the Cowboys for years to come. He can't be the end-all, be-all linebacker. I know that we saw some development with Damone Clark this year. I, we saw obviously saw a little bit of Drew Cox. Doesn't seem like that project's going to pan out. You need linebacker depth. And Drake Thomas, to me, looks solid. So that's, you know, I'm glad you went that way because I was looking at a couple of different positions. I've, I don't know why I'm hyper fixated on the wide receiver spot right now. And uh, for me, looking at A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, um, the man is, I don't know if you got a chance to really look at his body frame. The guy's like 6'5". He's super <laughs> fast. He's, I mean, a big body guy. So um, I think A.T. Perry is somebody the Cowboys would have a keen look at. And I guess he was able to, you know, kind of do his thing throughout practice and, and make some plays. And I know this is a name that you're probably familiar with because of the Oklahoma, Texas rivalry, but had you had a chance to look at some of uh Jaden um, Hazelwood? So he's Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, he's good. Yeah. A kid, a kid that like coming out of college, it was, you know, I'm coming out of high school. Excuse me. was like super highly touted. I don't know if he, lived up to what his high school billing was going to be but um he I, he showed showed out in the one-on-ones in practice so i was looking at the wide receiver room you were looking at the linebackers and is there anybody else or anything else that kind of caught your eye about the east west shrine game and before we kind of get into that this east west shrine game it's been around for a long time but i think it speaks to like the talent across college is where now we're two three deep in bowl games senior specific bowl <laughs> games where this talent across the board man i think the nfl is doing a great job and uh you know i think all these other bowls are really giving these chances a team's chance to shine yeah and i think it's that's it's also partially because they realize oh fans if when they don't have NFL football to consume, they're fine with just watching senior college kids just go out and prove that they're worth. I to me, it was we saw some good football this week, and I was impressed across the board. I'll tell you what, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm mad at myself that I just forgot to mention him, but this is my guy. This is my guy I've wanted for a year <laughs> and a half. Zay Flowers from Boston College. This kid. He doesn't fit the mold of what the Cowboys like. He's only 5'10". He's on the smaller side. But if the Cowboys find a way, I mean, I, there's people talking about Zay Flowers in the first round. That's a little rich for my blood. If there's a, a way to get him in the second round or anything like that, the, the Cowboys would be well served to take Zay Flowers from Boston College. It kind of seems like Zay Flowers is turning into the, oh man, what's his name? Tackle last year from AM that was the popular pick mm. for the Cowboys. What's his it's name? lost on me. Yeah, anyway, it seems like Zay Flowers has kind of come out as the yeah, this might be the Cowboys. Like, I've seen more mock drafts where Zay Flowers is going to the Cowboys than I think of any, like, he's on a majority of first round mock drafts that I've seen. And I don't, like you said, I don't know if that's, seems like you could wait on him a little bit, trade back a little bit, maybe that's the option. But Zay Flowers He's a guy that's commonly being mocked to Cowboys in the first round, so he's worth keeping an eye on. It's super fascinating because I could could this be fake, right? Could this be one of those things where like the Twitter scouts like him more than the actual scouts, and then you're sitting here and he's still available in the 50s, and you're like, how? I think it's possible. And if the Cowboys come around 58 and he's still there, and we've already addressed corner or maybe something else, like I'm sitting here like Zay Flowers, let's go. Like this guy could really help us. But again, being a smaller body guy, and the Cowboys are all about traits and athletic ability. Like he's got the athletic ability, he just may not have the size that they covet. Yeah, but I mean, to me, there is a lot of there's this is a deep wide receiver class so i mean i know you're sold on zay flowers but 
I think like you also have guys in the first round if you want to consider. Obviously, I mean, guys like Jordan Addison aren't making it to where the Cowboys are picking, but a name like Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think could it mm. make his way to the end of the first round. But then you also have like we saw, and this is more pivoting to the senior bowl now. We saw guys like Michael Wilson out of Stanford put up four catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. That's the guy that you could wait on if you want to go, if you want to double dip in South Alabama wide receivers, you could go Jalen Wayne, who is the son of Reggie Wayne. He looked good in the senior. I just think there's talent across the board at receiver and you could wait this year. I don't know if that's the right move because you do need wide receiver help now. And I want the Cowboys to invest in the position now, but if you need a receiver, this is a good year to be receiver needy. You know, it's funny. It's I, uh, I, I, I talked about how I released my first mock in a little spoiler. I'm not going to tell you I took in the first round, but in the second round, I took Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee and like, like Jalen Hyatt, you know, so that's a guy yeah. that, you know, I've already looking at some of the comments. People are saying like, he's not going to be there and it's, he's not going to be there season for everybody. Right. So if <laughs> like the Cowboys going to go pick 26, pick 58 and nobody's going to be there. Like you're not, Oh, well, I guess you're going to have to forfeit the pick. So somebody is going to be there just like CD lamb. Wasn't going to be there at 17. He was there, you know, just like Trayvon Diggs, who they wanted in the first round ends up in the second round and they take him and he wasn't going to be there. So I think you got to just be, you know, let the board fall. Um, see what happens. I think the Cowboys understand that they have wide receiver, cornerback needs. There's things to be had, but there are players to have. And, you know, speaking of that, because I talked about the wide receiver and we're going to pivot to the senior bowl, like you mentioned, um, I'm looking at guys who flash like Anthony Johnson out of Virginia, the cornerback, right? So he's um, somebody that's big and, you know, he's just, he's got good size and we know Dan Quinn really covets that at the cornerback position. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised or I wouldn't be upset if the Cowboys were to double dip a little bit when it came to cornerback or wide receiver, both or one or the other, right? I think there are some needs, but if they can replenish some young talent at both those spots, I think they would be best served to do so. I wouldn't mind if the Cowboys went wide receiver with two out of their first, I'm going to say two out of their first four picks. It would not disappoint me if the Cowboys went wide receiver in round one, wide receiver in round four. This is a team that needs to give Dak Prescott talent. And we've seen the free agency market at receiver. It's not going to happen. You're not going to load up at receiver this year. Maybe Odell Beckham's name starts swirl it's his name's already swirling around been, oh, the yeah Cow- yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe the cowboys make a move there but other than that it's like juju would be somewhat helpful to have it's just names that you're like yeah it'd be cool to have but he, he's not going to move the needle for this offense why not try and find that in the draft and find two two guys in the first few rounds that you're like okay we're going here we're going here we're going to we're going to have the youngest wide receiver core in the nfl but it's going to work because we finally have given Dak Prescott weapons. Let me ask you this then. If they go two at wide receiver, are you out on Jalen Tolbert or is he still figured into the mix? What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... 
You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Oh, man. Uh, I At this point, I'm kind of out on Jalen Tolbert. I mean, we saw this wide receiver core. The wide receiver core for the Cowboys this year was depleted. And Jalen Tolbert still couldn't get on the field. Mm. In fact, what did he end did Dak Prescott target Jalen Tolbert, or was it only Cooper Rush? I think I all his catches, Dak... all two of or three of them came from Cooper Rush. <laughs> did he have a catch this year? Did I miss he, a Jalen Tolbert catch? Yeah. I was actually there. That's how I know. It was like Monday night against the Giants, and I think he caught one for like six yards in that one. So, <laughs> Okay, yeah. I, I'm. If you want to keep him around as a project, maybe he's a practice squad guy. I don't – I just – I'm not expecting – anything out of Jalen Tolbert and which is very disappointing because third round pick right you're not you're not wrong in the way you're thinking I don't think you're even unique in the way you're thinking I think a lot of people are you know kind of teetering on that with Jalen Tolbert but it's just so hard not for you to or me to grasp it but just it is tough to understand or grasp giving up on a top 100 pick in year two not even year two we're not even in the offseason yet really so it, it's that's super frustrating I do think there is maybe some not top end talent in this draft for wide receiver but it's deep there's guys that can make plays there's guys that can be had in the first three four rounds right so um yeah if, if they double dipped on that it would be a scary proposition for Jalen Tolbert but something that could possibly happen and um you see some of these teams that we're going to talk about the 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 Super Bowl teams here in a second. Um wide receiver room like the Eagles. <laughs> you know, we're talking about AJ Brown. We're talking Devonta Smith. You know, we're talking Quez Watkins. So um we're gonna, you know, the the talent needs to be accumulated, right? I think we felt good about the Cowboys offense in 2021. How they did it, I mean, realistically, how they did what they did in 2022 is low-key kind of a mystery to me. Like, it's yeah. just Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush. Like, it feels like a fever dream that they were even, like, competitive at times. Yeah, and, I mean, we'll touch on the Super Bowl in a little bit, but if you want to look at the other side of the ball, the Chiefs traded for Kadarius Tony halfway through the season. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster over the offseason. Yeah, you have Patrick Mahomes, and he's – the best quarterback in football, you can still give him weapons. And you can, just like Dak Prescott is a good quarterback, great quarterback. He proved in 2022 that even without a solid wide receiver room, he's still really good. You can still give him weapons. Why not make his life easier? And that's what the Cowboys need to restock at wide receiver this offseason. Totally. I totally agree. And like, we'll pivot to this next 
uh, topic that we're talking about here when it comes to the Chiefs and it comes to the Eagles. Give me something right off the bat. We'll kind of go back and forth here, ping pong a little bit. Give me the first thing that comes to your mind that you think that the Cowboys can take from or learn from these two Super Bowl teams here. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit. Investment in the offseason pays off. I mean, we talked, we mm. touched on it last week, and we all know it's the case. So I'm not going to hammer it home too hard. But the Eagles traded for AJ Brown when everybody was like, "You just got Devon." When they traded for AJ Brown, everybody unanimously said, "Like, oh, it's going to be cool to see AJ Brown on the Eagles." But you have Devonte Smith. You're ruining Devonte Smith's potential. No, it turns out having two wide receivers is just success. Like, at least a success. And so you can look at the defense. They restocked on defense, adding Darius Slade, Bradbury, Reddick over the past few seasons. Investing in your team works, and we've seen it time after time with the last Super Bowl contenders and winners. You know what's funny is um, maybe this is a little bit of the same, but I feel like the Eagles were like the hype that came true. Because you remember how we felt in the offseason about the AFC West? Like, and yeah. how, like, the Broncos and and the Raiders and, and Chargers, look out. The Chiefs aren't going to, you know, it's not going to be an easy road. And, like, look where the Chiefs are and look what the Raiders are doing and look what the Broncos are doing. Like, but the Eagles, they were like, man, like, they're, they're making moves. Like, Howie Roseman's doing his thing. And, like, these guys are, you know, building a roster to win and compete. And guess where they're at? They're in the Super Bowl. So it's like they all the hype. And that's the part to me that was why I didn't totally buy in i've said this a few times publicly like i don't believe or you don't see it too often where a team wire to wire is like the team right like they, they're gonna do the thing they're gonna end up at the ultimate prize and that's what the eagles are they're 60 minutes away a complete football game away from being super bowl champions twice in six years shout out to rj ochoa with that one but uh twice in six years and the cowboys you know can't even get to the game in 27 plus years so it's it's super frustrating and so what you said is totally right investment invest into your team and um the one number one thing i'll take away is kind of in the same vein as yours is like don't be afraid to switch it up like what the cowboys are doing isn't working right like yes they they hammer the draft yes they value contracts they value winning the deal but sometimes like Deion sanders like charles haley like some of these guys they've made in the past you have to just go out there and make the move you got to make the move i don't know who that guy is this this offseason i don't know if it's a trade i don't know if it's a free agent but if you think and they've shown us moves that they thought this team was close, right? You're bringing T.Y. Hilton. You're wooing, you're whining and dying OBJ when he wasn't even ready. Like, bringing in cornerbacks that were journey guys that were, you know, getting cut by left and right. This Cowboys team, more than any year before, has felt like they were trying to make pieces because they knew, like, oh, man, maybe we're closer than we est estimated. And before I kind of pivot that... Do you think that the Cowboys are actually caught by surprise with their own success? Do you think that the Cowboys, because many in the offseason felt like they were punting on this year, whether that was accurate or not. But do you think Jerry Jones and them were like, oh, maybe we are better than we thought? I don't. That's I, I'd love to know Jerry's mindset going into the season. I would pay so much money just to say, like, get an honest response of Jerry. What did you honestly think this team's record was going into the season? Because, I mean, I had them as like a 10-win team, 9-win team if the ball doesn't bounce their way. And yeah, they go out, they win 12 games, they look solid throughout the entire season. They're, they're Super Bowl contenders for the entire season. And so, I just want, like, 
if you're Jerry Jones, if his thought, if he was trying to do what he just did, I mean, it worked. I don't know how you just did that, Jerry, but it <laughs> congratulations. What you did worked despite everybody doubting you. I just want him to now realize, hey, we're like one to two pieces away. We're like maybe another cornerback, some restocking on the offense. This is a Super Bowl contending team. And I want you believe that Jerry. I do. If you believe that if they can yeah. if they can stock up this I don't if you roll out the same squad as this year, I'm I'm not gonna put any money on the Cowboys right. winning the Super Bowl because but they are contenders. Did you believe that going into the season, right? Because you said you had them as a nine or ten. Like I think that's why I'm saying like where people are like disappointed in the Cowboys this year and and just the things that they weren't able to accomplish and oh we we lose in the same round we always lose to like they overachieved in a lot of ways like uh, this team from compared to 2021 where I was publicly saying I thought 2021 was their best season to get it done come out in 2022 look better at times even with Cooper Rush like that defense was more complete we're going into you know it just I think they caught a lot of people by surprise and I think as the season went on and we talked about it last week the 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 expectation changed right I think but at the end of the root of it is you got to look at the roster construction I the Cowboys you know, Jerry, Will, whoever will tell you they were fielding a team of the best players they possibly could, but made moves that were really counterproductive to that actual statement. So, um, you know, getting rid of Amari Cooper for personal feelings, you know, Lyle Collins maybe was the right move, but there were some moves where you're like, oh, man, I don't know about this. But um, I do I do agree that maybe this team is one or two pieces away. They just have to make that move. And I think it has to happen this offseason. If the Cowboys added a Amari Cooper back to, I mean, obviously they're not gonna. But if the Cowboys got Amari Cooper back in some miracle, they get a do-over, and they run it back this roster with Amari Cooper. What do you think they have the second best odds of winning the Super Bowl out of the NFC after the <laughs> Eagles? Probably. It'd be it's Maybe it'd be tough to not though. yeah it'd be tough yeah. to think I mean but the 49ers, like they're in such flux like you know yeah. Brock Purdy. Was he even going to be the starter anyway? And now he's got the injury, so he's out for the for the year most likely, right? Tommy John surgery is no joke. Um, <laughs> you know they got this questions to be had. The NFC is still wide open, and that's what maybe was more frustrating than anything was like the Cowboys felt a little worse, but the NFC was worse too, definitively. So now we got you know the Eagles representing it, and that's a team that you know I know is Gardner Minshew, but the Cowboys could. You know, the Cowboys know that we can beat the Eagles any year, any given time. And, and we've proven it year in and year out. And Dak Prescott's what, eight and three, nine and three against the Eagles. So it's it's just so frustrating to be at this point because of the ineptitude of how they handle the offseason, whether people totally believe that I, this roster just wasn't as complete as 2021 was. Yeah. And one thing that is worth noting, and I just wrote about this on the site, one thing that another takeaway that you can have Winning the Super Bowl and making it to the Super Bowl, there's a lot of luck involved in that. And I think that's one thing that Cowboys fans, and I, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. It's, if you're a fan of an NFL team, you don't realize how big of a factor luck plays. You like to believe like, oh, if my team just outperforms this team, we're, we'll win today. No, there's other factors. There's officiating. Look at the Eagles. They just got the easiest playoff road of any team ever and they're in the super bowl and if they win the super bowl nobody's gonna care about that road Nobody and cares. just yeah yep. and that was luck i mean i'm not downplaying it i'm they they beat the teams they needed to but that 
that's lucky. That's luck that the Cowboys didn't have. So sometimes winning a Super Bowl and winning it all, there's there's a decent amount of luck involved. I, I totally agree. Like I speak about the luck element all the time. Like I, you know, I'm from Massachusetts where a lot of my friends are Patriots fans. And you know, and for them, it's like winning a Super Bowl was like uh, it was like a right. It wasn't like it wasn't like they don't understand how hard it was. Like, and I said, you guys don't understand. It takes talent, takes luck. It takes like a perfect storm to win the Super Bowl. And yeah, 31 teams at the end of the year aren't going to win the Super Bowl. And it's just like, I know that it seems easy to you guys, but it's not easy. It's, 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 and it takes a, a multitude of things. Like, yes, Hassan Reddick got to make a play and he's got to, you know, and he hits the armor Brock Purdy and now this kid can't even throw a football. Like, I mean, those things don't happen in Dallas. Like they don't happen in the Cowboys. So, um, and then playing Daniel Jones after they play the game of their life to beat the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings. And so they got two games against Danny Dimes and, you know, Josh Johnson. And then it ends up being, you know, should have been Christian McCaffrey, a quarterback. So like that <laughs> is not a playoff run. And we had talked about this um prior in a different show, like the hardest game they're going to play is no duh, the Super Bowl. But at the same time, like this is going to be their first real test of the playoffs. So before we kind of get dive too, too far into the Eagles Chiefs there, yeah. I do want to bring it back to the Cowboys here. So give me your second observation of these two Super Bowl teams that the Cowboys can take from them to build forward. My second observation was the luck factor and how luck it, it takes luck to win a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I think we can agree on that. Yeah, this is, the luck is definitely that's it. Um, and I would say, for me, it's I just for me, it's the biggest thing is it's not really talent acquisition. I it's just a philosophy. I think instead of having the idea that that Dak Prescott was going to lift everybody up, I think they need to bring the pieces around to lift your quarterback up. And I don't think that's because he's you know deficient or there's something that he doesn't do well. I just think in this NFL where it feels more like the NBA every single day where like you need to put an all-star team together to really win. And we say that after making fun of the AFC West, but like at the same time, those teams didn't lose for a lack of effort. I feel like the Cowboys and a lot of us in Cowboys nation feel like the Cowboys lost due to a lack of effort to build the proper roster. And like, I get fatigued over the Amari Cooper conversation because I don't like to deal with like, you know, over the bridge, you know, water under the bridge and, you know, spilled milk stuff. But it's a very real conversation to say, did they shoot themselves in the foot with this situation? Yeah, I mean, it, whether it be Amari Cooper or however they handle it, like it just is as excited as I was about the OBJ drama that there was like you put yourself in that position, you put yourself in the position to not build around Dak. So if there's one thing that I would change is do everything in your power to maximize Dak Prescott. I don't care about the contract, like quarterbacks are going to get paid is his contract doesn't even look that bad anymore. Let's just build the team around him to help us win now. Yep. I mean, that's what now here's the real question. Do you think how confident are you on a scale one to 10 that the Cowboys that you leave the offseason thinking, oh, yeah, the Cowboys just, they stocked up. There's way more talent here than there was in 2022. I would say a four. And if it was last year, I would say a two. I just yeah. feel like how they handled the in-season stuff with like how they were all of a sudden got aggressive. You know, it, it was like a philosophy philosophy change and how they handled like talent acquisition mid season, because I really do think and they'll never say it publicly. And I don't think we'll ever be able to 
prove it definitively. I just felt like they were like, oh, maybe we are better than we thought we were. You know, maybe like this 2022 year was the exact year that Cowboys fans are frustrated with. It's like good enough to compete, good enough to get you like feeling good about it. But I think that this roster the core of it with this staff is better than that. And I think they just didn't do enough to put themselves over the top. Yeah. And I'll jump to my last takeaway. And that's if it relates to your conversation, if you want to play, if you want to look at where to start, I you can read, there's still some work to do on the offensive line. And if you can rebuild the offensive line, it will go a long way in success. I mean, the Eagles that that's the MVP. I say that's the MVP of the NFL is the Eagles' offensive line. They are the most yep. valuable unit in the league to their team's success. They can run the ball at will. Jalen Hurts can win a game without having to throw for... He, he's throwing for 120 yards, and they're winning 38-7. to That is because their offensive line just is completely dominant. Now, the Cowboys had a do dominant offensive line, but they had no defense whatsoever to aid their offense out. When the when the Cowboys in 2014, 2016, when the Cowboys offensive line was the best in the NFL, inarguably, that, that the offense never looked smoother. They were scoring at will. And yeah, they weren't putting up the same amount of points, but it was a consistent, we're just gonna run the ball down your throat. We're gonna oh, we're gonna enjoy the time in the pocket that we have because of this offensive line. And it's just gonna be a flawless offense. And so that's that's what I'd say. If you wanna know, like you can't invest too many resources in the offensive line. And I'd like the Cowboys to do more to address that this offseason. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, we had some difference in opinion early on, but this one, I think you're dead on. I think it's finding a way to get the offensive line and it comes down to talent acquisition. I know they love the draft and they do well by all accounts. They do well in the draft, but it's how can they just take themselves over the top? So, and it is frustrating to talk about a division rival, somebody that's like our biggest okay. rival like this, but um, they've kind of set up the blueprint a little bit. I mean, they have, you know, they're finding ways to use their money. They're finding a way to leverage their resources and they're going out there and they're playing for a Super Bowl and we're talking about it. So that's that's yep. frustrating, you know, um, but ultimately that's the world we've known the last, you know, quarter century. So um, hopefully that stops and, and we're able to do better than that. But, um, you know, so that's that's it for today. You know, that's the first and 10 podcast. Uh, you know, next time we talk to you, we'll be able to dissect a, a little bit of that. The Eagles chief Super Bowl, because it will be the Monday after. And um, but, but between that and the Cowboys, you know, we got to dive into this film, into the mock drafts, into that. And that's the world we live in now. But so from Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis, it's been another episode of the first and 10 podcast powered by SB Nation, brought to you by Blog and the Boys. And I hope everybody has a great week and uh, have a good one. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.